Chapter Eleven of Seeing Things at Night. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere. Seeing Things at Night by Haywood Brune. In as much. Once there lived near Bethlehem a man named Simon and his wife Deborah, and Deborah dreamed a curious dream, a dream so vivid that it might better be called a vision. It was not yet daybreak, but she roused her husband, and told him that an angel had come to her in the vision, and had said, as she remembered it, "'Tomorrow night, in Bethlehem, the king of the world will be born.' The rest was not so vivid in Deborah's mind, but she told Simon that wise men and kings were already on their way to Bethlehem, bringing gifts for the wonder-child. When he is born, she said, the wise men and the kings who bring these gifts will see the stars dance in the heavens, and hear the voices of angels. You and I must send presents, too, for this child will be the greatest man in all the world. Simon objected that there was nothing of enough value in the house to take to such a child. But Deborah replied, The king of the world will understand. Then, although it was not yet light, she got up and began to bake a cake, and Simon went beyond the town to the hills and got holly and made a wreath. Later in the day husband and wife looked over all their belongings, but the only suitable gift they could find was one old toy, a somewhat battered wooden duck that had belonged to their eldest son, who had grown up and married and gone away to live in Galilee. Simon painted the toy duck as well as he could, and Deborah told him to take it and the cake and the wreath of holly and go to Bethlehem. It's not much, she said, but the king will understand. It was almost sunset when Simon started down the winding road that led to Bethlehem. Deborah watched him round the first turn, and would have watched longer except that he was walking straight toward the sun, and the light hurt her eyes. She went back into the house, and an hour had hardly passed when she heard Simon whistling in the garden. He was walking very slowly. At the door he hesitated for almost a minute. She looked up when he came in. He was empty-handed. "'You haven't been to Bethlehem,' said Deborah. "'No,' said Simon. "'Then where is the cake, and the holly wreath, and the toy duck?' "'I'm sorry,' said Simon. "'I couldn't help it somehow. It just happened.' "'What happened?' asked Deborah sharply. "'Well,' said Simon, "'just after I went around the first turn in the road, I found a child sitting on that big white rock crying. He was about two or three years old, and I stopped and asked him why he was crying. He didn't answer. Then I told him not to cry like that, and I patted his head, but that didn't do any good. I hung around trying to think up something, and I decided to put the cake down and take him up in my arms for a minute.' But the cake slipped out of my hands and hit the rock, and a piece of the icing chipped off. Well, I thought that baby in Bethlehem won't miss a little piece of icing, and I gave it to the child, and he stopped crying. But when he finished he began to cry again. I just sort of squeezed another little piece of icing off, and that was all right for a little while. But then I gave him another piece, and things went on that way. And all of a sudden I found that there wasn't any cake left. After that he looked as if he might cry again, and I didn't have any more cake, and so I showed him the duck, and he said, Ta-ta. 
I just meant to lend him the duck for a minute, but he wouldn't give it up. I coaxed him a good while, but he wouldn't let go. And then a woman came out of that little house, and she began to scold him for staying out so late. And so I told her it was my fault, and I gave her the holly wreath, just so she wouldn't be mad at the child. And after that, you see, I didn't have anything to take to Bethlehem, and so I came back here. Deborah had begun to cry long before Simon finished his story, but when he had done she lifted up her head and said, How could you do it, Simon? Those presents were meant for the king of the world, and you gave them to the first crying child you met on the road. Then she began to cry again. And Simon didn't know what to say or do, and it grew darker and darker in the room, and the fire on the hearth faded to a few embers, and that little red glow was all there was in the room. Now Simon could not even see Deborah across the room, but he could still hear her sobbing. But suddenly the room was flooded with light, and Deborah's sobbing broke into a great gulp, and she rushed to the window and looked out. The stars danced in the sky, and from high above the house came the voice of angels, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Deborah dropped to her knees in a panic of joy and fear. Simon knelt beside her, but first he said, I thought maybe that the baby in Bethlehem wouldn't mind so very much. End of chapter 11 Recording by Phil Chenevere, Baton Rouge, Louisiana.